0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks, hope you're having a wonderful week so far. We are so happy to have you here with us this week, the first week of May. Can you believe it, Brett? It's, it's gone by real quick. It really is. It seems like, you know, 2020 drug on, but 21 is moving along pretty quickly. Yeah. It's exciting, I guess. Uh, so, how was your trip? How was your camping trip? It was good. Um, it was cut short because we
1: had some storms here. Which was sad, but other than the end, I had some pretty awful side effects from the second shot.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We both got our second vaccine last week, and yeah, had a few little issues. I don't know why you <laughs> scheduled your vaccine on your camping trip. I was ready. I
1: was ready to get it
0: and get, get it done, get
1: it over with. So
0: yeah, I was really sad you had to cut it short. I mean, I was glad to have you back home.
1: Yeah, I mean we're we, me and Isabella, we're
0: planning our next trip.
1: So Good. Hopefully
0: in June. Although we're not really sure if Isabella actually enjoys camping yet. But um I mean, I think she had an okay time. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel better. So part of this episode today's I really want to talk about uh really I want you guys to hear about Britt and Isabella's camping trip. Um, based on just real life skills, real life manners, and what I preach to my clients about. It's not about this moment, right? It's about what you're teaching your dog is about having a really good solid relationship for the many, many, many years that you'll have your dog. And not just being focused on, oh, is my dog obedient? Will my dog respond to me immediately? Does my dog respect me? Does the dog know that I'm boss? And it's really not anything about that. And I, and I kind of go back to the whole, in that moment, it's not about you getting the behavior. It's about the dog doing the behavior, you know, not forcing the dog to do something. I just see a lot of my clients get really frustrated when their dog just will not do what they ask them to do. Mm-hmm. Especially these stubborn breeds. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, sure. They have a middle finger um, sometimes. Sometimes they think that it's stupid that you're asking them to sit for the 18th time. Uh, they think that, you know, walking and not really going anywhere is stupid. But you're you're basically creating all this so that you can have a dog that you can take camping and that you can do things. So tell our listeners a little bit about those proud moments um, and maybe not and some not so proud moments if you have any of those. Because I think that I think that our listeners really enjoy hearing from you because you're not a dog trainer. Um, You live with one, but it's not like you actually follow all of my advice. Because when you got Isabella, you actually started training with Gray and not training with me to keep family dynamics. It's true. <laughs> but that's okay.
1: She loves Gray, man. She
0: does love her some Gray. Most all dogs love them some Gray. Um, but it's, I think that it's important to hear it from you to know that what they're going through, these peaks, these valleys that these are some normal things that you're going to go through as you're raising your dog.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I really don't have many bad things from this one. Um, Isabella was sick the first night, so she kept busting out of the tent. Uh, unbeknownst to me, while I was sleeping, she broke the zippers. Better
0: than pooping
1: and yeah, in the tent. I could of course i was irritated but
0: then i had to apologize to her because you know. <laughs> she's like look i just saved your life yeah. by not by not uh having diarrhea
1: bless her little heart in
0: here she she said it's your fault you didn't wake up because i'm sure she probably whined at you she probably did she probably did uh so yeah she just she just did really really
1: well and she did she didn't go the first time we went camping but this trip she just was like a pro uh, we would take a lot of walks through the campsite, uh, the campground, and there were a lot of dogs this time, like a lot of dogs because there were more RVs, and um, a lot of the dogs were like sort of tied up outside to something on the RV with their with their people, and there were uh, there was excessive barking for sure in the campground. Um, But, you know, she was, she never reacted. She She sort of barked at an unruly Australian Shepherd at one point while it was walking by us. But other than that, man, she just like pranced right through there, loose leash. We got compliments from people. Some people are like, look at that dog. Why can't you be like that dog <laughs> talking to their own dog? I'm like, because it's a. Bishon and it sits in your lap all the time. Because you
0: haven't done any training. And it
1: barks at everything. No, she she was
0: fantastic. Well the time that she had broken out of the the tent, what was it like three AM?
1: She did it at one AM and three AM.
0: So it happened twice. So You gonna have to find a way to lock the tent, but so tell me It so, didn't matter. T- tell everybody what happened when you got out of the tent.
1: Um other than being Absolutely panicked and in my underwear in the middle of a campground. Very normal as far as the panic, the panic part. Yes. Um, No, she came right back. She was just across the street at the neighbor's RV where dog.
0: Yeah, they they had a little puppy. But you called her and she came
1: right back. Yeah, both times she came right back and she was in the same place both times.
0: So all that work, all that frustration, all that uh frustration especially when you're trying to call her while she's playing with other dogs I know how frustrating that can be when your dog is just like no I got other things to do but putting all that work in gets you to what you have right there yeah to where instead of the dog just taking off and and we've been to that campground Uh, And I've been to the campsite with you and watching somebody chase their husky all through the campground, Mm -hmm. um, screaming and yelling, and that husky was running for its life and having the best time ever. Yeah. You know, but it it is, again, it's just about putting all that work in so you can have moments like that. So when things do happen accidentally like that, where she had to go out and poop, and then she's like, hey, I think there was a dog over here. I think I want to go play. Who knows what she was thinking. Yeah. But it was, you know, that's what you, that's what you're working towards. And being able to walk around the campground and having other dogs bark and she's looking at you like, am I not, am I doing good, mama? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and of course, hiking. Mm -hmm. You guys hike and she does really well with that. Yeah. Um, I I just think that I want people to really focus on what the future is going to bring them instead of Really trying to have everything in the moment. You know, it's like it's almost like starting a diet and thinking that you're gonna be your ideal weight in like a one or two weeks.
1: It's really unfortunate that it, it doesn't work it that does way. It does not work
0: that way. I mean, I've been trying to build muscle for like six years now and I feel like I'm just like stagnant. But it's it's not something that you can do one, two weeks and everything be perfect.
1: No, I mean if if she's in a group of dogs and I called her, I still can't guarantee she would come. I mean, I, I know that I still have to work on that.
0: And we do. Yeah. You know, cause that is one of the ultimate goals is to have your dog come out of play. And I'll tell you why that's so challenging for dogs. Um, it's really challenging for dogs because dogs are born with the ability to handle conflict confrontation. And so, For them, dealing with another dog with possible confrontation or conflict, that's more important than being obedient. So if they're in the middle of playing with a dog, even though they're having a good time, even as a mature dog, they may not be able to divert their attention to come and, you know, come to you if they're having to deal with a dog that may be acting a little more aggressively in play. Mm -hmm. But ideally, we want to be able to really simulate what I'm doing whenever we do those exercises, when I'm wanting the dogs to play and have people call their dogs, I'm really simulating your dog running in the opposite direction, right? Seeing something that's fun, exciting, and just moving away from you quickly to get the dog to turn on a dime and come. And and that's really a good way to simulate having that high arousal and having the dog's mind somewhere else. Um, I think that most people, though, they don't think about practicing that recall until they need it. Yeah. When really you should even practice, if you have multiple dogs in your home, practice calling your dog away from each other because they're more than likely not worried about dealing with confrontation and conflict mm-hmm. when it's a dog they live with.
1: Yeah. And we do that a lot when it's a rainy day or something. I'll I'll practice
0: off leash walking in the house or... Uh, recall in the house. And you'll do a lot of, of of when it's least decent weather. You'll get in the backyard a lot of times. Yeah, we do a lot of, and you'll leash. do a lot of off leash play with
1: recall. And sometimes we we only do like off leash walking.
0: I mean, so it, we just switch it up. So she never really knows. So that means that she has to kind of stay focused and mm-hmm. and stay tuned into you. Yeah. So it's not right. making it so routine based. I don't want you guys taking your dog out and for 30 minutes every day, working on walking and stopping and asking for a sit and throwing in a stay. It's not about having routines. It's about having expectations that when something happens, this is my expectation. Right. Right. And if you can practice things differently, then you won't get a dog who just situationally tunes in or just listens to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with our group class tonight, we were talking about how some of these dogs, they're sit. They just, they did not want to sit. And I think a lot of times what happens is even though I preach about it, you've got to get away from just asking for a sit in certain situations or just requiring the sit in certain situations without even asking for it Mm -hmm. just because the dog knows to put his butt on the floor when you're near the treat jar doesn't know it doesn't mean the dog knows what sit means outside on a leash looking at another dog or as a car goes by you know so it's I think it's just getting people to understand that your dog is not going to generalize as easily as possibly you do. So you really got to make sure that you are working on it on a regular basis, but make it a part of your life, right? Make it a part of your kind of routine. Like you said, you sometimes just walk to the house off leash. You just ask her to come along, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes it's simple things like that. It doesn't have to be huge, right? Sometimes it's just a simple sit while I'm sitting at the office chair or I'm at the desk and dog walks up. I might just ask for a sip. Mm-hmm. No other reason than just having that tune in effect or asking my dog to come from me from three feet away. Yeah. People think that the come command is only when the dog is way far away and in a very dangerous situation. No, the come command is anytime you need the dog to come to you and you need to get your hands on them. Mm-hmm. So you need to practice that. If Brett waited until the dog broke out of the tent because she had diarrhea, uh, To practice the recall at three o'clock in the morning at a in a campground in a sp- state park. I wouldn't have a dog. No, you probably wouldn't have never seen that dog again. <laughs> I mean, it's you can't wait for those moments. And you also can't be scared of those moments. You know, I get a lot of people who don't want to they don't want the dog to ever go out the front door. Yeah, because they never want the dog to go out the front door mm-hmm. to, in case they, you know, to run in the road.
1: But, oh, avoidance is totally my jam. So I get that.
0: Right. But you yeah. cannot avoid. Because no, accidents happen. You Doors open. Wind blows them open. Somebody holds it open too long.
1: Well, And we learned that with the gate.
0: With the blowing gate. Blowing open. Yeah. So you, you can't avoid. Trust me when I say that you, the dog may never go out that door, but the dog knows what the door is. The dog knows what's on the outside of that door, which is outside. He also knows that. A lot of times people come and ring it and drop packages and you open it and pick things up. And so don't avoid areas where it could be dangerous for your dog. Work on those areas, work on those things, but it, you have to take the time out to do it. And I'm not talking an hour a day, sometimes five or 10 minutes is all you need to work on something. Yeah. Yeah. You just may have to do it more often in those five or ten minutes. You know, you don't want to overwhelm the dog. Well, and what I've been
1: doing, too, is I just, I do a lot of landscaping here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll keep Isabella outside with me. And, you know, I'll be in one section of the yard planning something. And I'll call her to me or... You know, as I'm going from one place to the next, use that as, as an opportunity to work on, you know, her walking with me. So, I mean, it It really isn't something you have to, I mean, you just got to get creative and just do it throughout the day. Yeah, make normal. it more
0: habitual. Yeah. A part of just your relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I think that doing things like that has been so much more beneficial than just going out and practicing skills. Um because you're right you are practicing expectations yeah it's just hey, this is what we're doing we're out here in the yard I mean and you look at farm dogs I think that's why they're so successful they just they just go along you know and it's yeah. just part they're just part of the dog itself is part of the everyday life r- routine yes like you're just gonna be there yeah um and they pick up on that so that's sort of what I've been trying to do with her and it's been you know, really, of course, that also means I now have a Velcro dog 99% of the time, which I didn't
0: before, but. Which isn't always the worst thing. Here we are.
1: You know, pros and cons. It's fine. She's, uh, you know, she used to like sleep at the foot of the bed. And now <laughs> she comes and I'll I'll lay over, I'll like roll over and her little face is in my face because she's decided she wants to share a pillow.
0: Aw. That's where we're at now. That's sweet.
1: Yeah, it's fine until her little wet
0: nose is. It's sweet, you know? Right there. But that's where that relationship is. Yeah. You know, and I think what you said there about you're just kind of, when you're in the yard doing something, you randomly ask for it. And the reason that is so powerful is because you're not cueing her that you're about to do something. You know, when people mm-hmm. want to work on training, they accidentally cue the dog, mm-hmm. they go and grab the treat bag. They go and grab treats. They go and grab the leash. They go and grab the toy. And then they ask their dog to do something. So they're really cueing the dog by picking up treat bag. You're cueing the dog to tune in. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm all about treat bags. I think that they are fantastic. I sell them. I like them. I want people to have them. But I don't want you to think you have to have it every single time you're about to ask your dog to do something. Really. The treat bag, the majority of the time the treat bag should be used is on leash out somewhere. Otherwise, if you got treats around the house or you can walk to the house or you can take three steps after the dog came to you in the yard and pick up their ball and throw it, Mm -hmm. that's all you need. Don't be cueing the dog that you're about to cue the dog because then that becomes a part of the entire process. So when in the real world, you're talking to someone And then you need your dog to come to you. The dog's like, I'm sorry, that's not a part of our recall. We've Mm -hmm. never done that before. Right. And the dog's confused. And it's not that the dog has a middle finger. But it is about the way that you're practicing those things. And if your dog will only do things if you have a treat, that's your fault. You've done that. You need to get away from that. You need to stop cueing the dog with a treat, bribing the dog with a treat. And I, I was guilty of that for a long time, for sure, where she's like, um
1: okay, this doesn't feel like a normal training session, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Or we're not in class, so I'm not going to do it. I think so many times, you know, we start doing something around the house uh, or something that's so, you know, monotonous or routine to us that we just sort of ignore the dog. Yeah, a lot. Or we'll just put him away. Like, I could easily just leave her inside to her own devices. Yes. But I'm like, no, let's... So I have to say that since incorporating her into incorporating training into just daily life, and she doesn't know that it's training, it's just daily life, just what we're doing,
0: right? It's just life. There we go. Uh, She's done 10 times better. I, I think that just, that's such a great point. And I think that's what a lot of people miss. You know, they come to class and the dog is... Walking, they're changing the direction. Dog is walking perfectly. But then they tell me, yeah, we go around the neighborhood for a walk. The dog doesn't do this. Well, okay. Well, Isabella
1: what, wasn't either. You no, know, she wasn't. But
0: <laughs> what are you doing? Are mm-hmm. you doing the same thing you do in class? Or are you just doing what you do in class to make it look good? And then you're not doing what you're supposed to do on a walk. Yeah. Trying to have something you're not ready. It's it, uh, Let it's, me see if I can come up with a good analogy here.
1: Well, I mean, it goes back to the podcast you did what a couple weeks ago about training and obedience you know the difference
0: yeah um should you train your dog yes yeah. the was the podcast yeah and it, it's not about obedience, but it's about can your dog be a part of your life
1: mm-hmm.
0: in your everyday not necessarily routine but just your everyday life can your dog be a part of it right it's. It, I don't care if your dog sits really well in your kitchen. That's great that your dog will lay down in two seconds. That's great that your dog can, can walk two steps and lay down and then walk two more steps and lay down. That's great. But can your dog be a part of real life without you having to give it any cues or any cues that you're about to give cues? Mm-hmm. And that's where the relationship is. That's the difference between do as I say and do as I've, as I expect. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And that's a do as I say is just do whatever you want until I tell you what to do. Do as I expect is here are my expectations. And I'd like for you to, these are always required. Right. But still be who you are and still enjoy life and still, you know, I think when people are dealing with leash stuff, it's one of the hardest things, but I really do feel like that if you have a dog that can be on a nice, loose leash anywhere, you are 90% of the way there it's, if you're not being dependent on the leash.
1: It's a magical feeling.
0: Right? It's I, a whole I, new world when you have a dog that you can have off leash. Yeah. I had a lot of people ask me, too, where I got the belt. Oh, the belt we the talked about. Belts. The belt. Um... Come on, Kergo. I probably, yeah, I can't.
1: I we can't. need you. I don't know how many of those I sold this weekend, <laughs> but I sent them all there to get if it. If you got a bunch from
0: Tennessee, orders from Tennessee, yeah.
1: it's from us. Um, yeah. I mean, that was just, it was so awesome. Just people looking dog, at you. Just and me,
0: just, hey, you're such a good girl. And her just looking up like, yeah, no duh. And then just being able to just hang out at the campsite and just be like, yeah, we're just chilling. I mean, she was in a long line. Oh, yeah. I mean, she had 30...
1: And there's nobody... Even close to the camp. Even close. So she had all 30 feet of that to do whatever. Um, And she... I mean, she loved it. She loves watching people. Um, Let's see. Oh, she had her first real deer experience. We've had a couple hiking where I've seen them. And she sort of hears them and smells them. But I don't think she's ever actually seen it (laughs) and she just stopped and like sat there she's like i don't know what to do with that that's a really big dog and it just looked no barking or anything she didn't bark at all she uh she sort of jumped like sort of lunged forward whenever it jumped off oh you know yeah because that's she's like
0: that's called chase what are you doing let's play yeah
1: uh she did really well that's chase
0: that's awesome were you good girling her the whole time
1: oh for sure but she just sat right down and was like, hey.
0: You know, it's funny because in those situations, most people would have been telling a dog, no, leave it, come, come, no, leave it, no, leave it, come, leave it, right. right? And it's just getting the dog more worked up instead of going, oh, the dog's just staring. Okay, that's a behavior I would like. Yeah. Let me reward th- that.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't care if she's looking at it.
0: Exactly. And I think a lot of people even get afraid of the dog looking because then I'm like, well, what's, a, what's wrong with the dog looking at the deer? Well, I'm afraid I'll go after him. Yeah. Again, you're you're making things up that hadn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. Is there a good chance your dog would have chased it? Probably. Oh, if she was off leash right? for sure, but she'd be gone. She was limiting her options and teaching her how to be. Yeah. With the we're deer. still working
1: on wildlife.
0: Well, yeah, as we learned yesterday.
1: Oh, with the bunny. Yeah. So we're still learning. We don't need to tell the story, but we're no. still working on that impulse control. <laughs> that leave some- it. Drop it
0: with the bunny.
1: We're also working on, Mom, that's me. Um, Being calm. My reaction to such incidents. L- let's since... just
0: say that I was still in bed and I could just, just faintly hear what um, I thought. The neighbors heard me. Was some loudness. And I thought I heard no a few times. Don't tell I heard people. a little bit of panic, <laughs> but I was just like, hmm. I, think I the guess nose, I was well, so I stayed in bed. The nose were toward the cat. Oh, the nose were toward the cat. The I didn't cat say brought, no. The cat brought yeah, the bunny in. I didn't
1: say no to Isabella. That was It was cat. Steve.
0: It was Steve. <laughs> He's like, what? And then Isabella did finally leave it, though, right? She did. She put it in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And we don't do a lot of leave it with items in the mouth. We typically use drop it. That's when I did drop it.
1: But then when she was chasing it, I did leave it. So
0: she dropped it and then it ran off and then she chased it.
1: And then I had to do leave it. So that's why it's sort of like drop it. Which she did. <laughs> and then leave it. Which please. And did she? Um, finally. Okay. It good. took a little bit of time. It. I will say at least uh, because you know it's not something we practice a lot.
0: No, it's kind of hard to to uh, simulate that that rabbit. But
1: she did. She did eventually leave it. It took longer than I would have liked because you know there's another life involved here.
0: Uh, But no, she
1: did. I did. I didn't do well because I panicked.
0: And that's okay. I mean that it's a kind of a normal thing. And here's the thing though: if you don't panic when things don't need to be. About panic when you do panic the dog is more than likely going to respond in the way that you want because they never hear you panic so the panic actually makes a bigger impact the problem is people panic when the dog does things that it's not life-threatening it's not dangerous it's not harmful they just panic and then so then they panic about everything You know, it's like, (laughs) I've always talked about my aunt. Oh, yeah. My aunt, Pud, used to yell at us all the time. Get out of that road. Y'all are going to get hit. Get out of those weeds. There are stakes in there. She yelled at us all the time because she was was helicopter mom. Mm -hmm. And she was always panicked about things. It got to the point where we just stopped listening. And I'm pretty sure that it, there could have been a time where a truck was coming down the road and she would have told us to get out and we would have ignored it and been hit by a car because it didn't mean anything anymore Yeah. because there were so many false fears mm-hmm. being translated. And I, so I think a lot of dogs learn to just block that out because it doesn't really mean anything. It's like when you say their name 14,000 it just times. It becomes the default.
1: They're yeah. like, oh, this is just how you are.
0: Yeah, you just always yell. Right, it's it's like again. I mean, we made a point when we were raising our niece to not yell. We didn't yell about things. We didn't fight about things. We had conversations. And there was a point in time because she was a teenager, fourteen, fifteen years old, that I had to, I had to bring it up a notch. And and because it, it was something that was pretty, it, it was impactful. I had to make a, a big impact because it was going to affect her entire life. And I really expected her to not speak to me for days. The first time I ever had to do that. Mm -hmm. And I, she had to go to a client with me and it was a 45 minute drive. And I thought, well, this is going to be comfortable. She's, you know, we just had this. And I tell you what, she never shut up in that 45 minutes. She talked (laughs) to me about everything because I guess, because it wasn't something she knew that if I did that it was something serious. Yeah. And I only had to do it one other time and we're fine. I mean, it's, you know, but it, I think when we constantly yell at the dogs, they're just going to ignore that. And, but taking moments like that, um, trying not to panic. I mean, I know it's a rabbit and that's, you know, it sucks, but it's a part of kind of life. We just have to make sure we keep our cool and work on it as best as we can, when we can. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunately, that's one of those things that's very hard to work on. So you try to simulate it in so many other ways um, in hopes that, you know, when you do need it, if you ever need it, some people never have that issue, Yeah. then you have that success. So I guess really the whole point of this entire kind of episode is put the work in. It will be worth it. You're going to have peaks and valleys, but they even out. If you stay on course, mm-hmm. if you stick with it, even though there are days that are frustrating. You end up with this amazing relationship with this dog that you can go camping with or, you know, go to craft fairs with and take to the, you know, the park or, you know, doggy events. And you can take them there. You know, please, if your dog is not trained to be around a bunch of dogs, please don't take them to doggy events. Oh, Lord. That's stressful for everybody. Yeah. It's stressful for the other people there. It's stressful for your dog. It's stressful for you. And it's going to hurt your relationship. If you want to take your dog to doggy events, and I'm expecting this year we'll have doggy events. I think they're going to come back. Then start training for it, guys, if that's what you want to do. You know, I mean, you can do it. It's, you just have to remember that you got to cook the casserole before you can eat it.
1: Well, shit. I know. That's a new saying.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I was thinking, you know what? When people don't teach their dog how to walk correctly in all situations and then try to take them around the neighborhood before they can do it correctly, it's basically you eating a casserole before you cook it.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to
0: do that. No, you got all the ingredients. You put the ingredients together, but guys, you got to cook it first. Work on it so that when you do enjoy it, it's fully cooked. It's yummy. It's satisfying. The casserole, not your dog. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm not about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to come up with new analogies every every week. Well, thanks. for I'm glad you're back home. The dogs and I missed you. The cats did not.
1: That's okay. But, I don't think I really miss the cats either. That's all right.
0: <laughs> But I'm really glad. I was really happy to hear because I know how stressful it's been with you and Isabella, getting her to this point, and you overcoming your fear and your anxiety with it. Watching you grow with her has been huge and beautiful, and and a real blessing because I I just see this beautiful relationship that you guys have. Um, reminds me of my relationship with Tiba because uh, it was just you know you're just connected. And yeah, it's... she's a little weirder than Teba. Oh yeah. Teba wasn't strange at all, but <laughs> Isabella is very strange. She is a weird dog. Just like me though. I'm a weirdo. You're a little weirdo sometimes there and that's you okay. You know, that's, that's all of our personalities. Nerds. Nerds. We're nerds. So I appreciate you sharing all of that. Um, I do want to mention, I think that we're going to start trying to do some, uh, mini midweek episodes. Um, I've got to come up with a good title for them, but it's basically going to be me talking to you people, you listeners, y'all, from your dog's point of view, because I think your dogs have some things that they need to say to you, and I'm gonna make Brit be the human portion of are it. Are you
1: like gonna change your accent so
0: you? Oh yeah, I, because obviously when I change yeah. my accent, I'm like Irish one moment, Italian the next, I mean, gonna... and then I'm like. appalachian after that
1: i don't know what a you You can't even pull that one off um i just didn't know if you were going to do like a doggy voice you know how we all make different voices for our dogs i guess
0: if you want me to i can but you'll have to give me a dog like give me a breed and then i'll be like okay what would that breed sound like
1: or i can be like be jake
0: oh jake hi hi y'all i'm jake how are you doing See, Jake. Do- Jake said, "I. Uh, you don't have to yell so loud. I Whoa, can hear you a little. <laughs> I can hear you a little.
1: Anyway, go back to what you're talking
0: about. No, I think that's. Okay. <laughs> we might have to do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm Jakey. Yeah, I think that. Uh, because I think there are some things that that um people need to hear. Like, like one of the things that happened the other day is we're sitting in our backyard and our there's a neighbor behind us that." kept asking her dog if the dog wanted to come inside. You wanna come inside? It's a really cute You wanna come inside.
1: And she does love that dog. Do you want to
0: come inside? <laughs> oh sweet. You wanna go inside? <gasps> Who's going inside? You to go inside? <gasps> Who you go inside? And the thing is is the dog may or may not want to go inside. But the problem is that the human was gonna keep asking and the dog gave a certain behavior and then the owner was gonna be like, yay, you wanna go inside. So my problem is stop asking your dog if they want something. And then keep asking until they finally just give you the behavior. Because you know what? They may not. And I not see this only with going inside, but going outside. Mm -hmm. I'll see people, do you want to go outside? And they'll ask the dog 40 times until the dog finally stands up just to shut them up. They don't really want to go outside. So it's like, here's the thing. If you want your dog to go outside, don't ask him. If you know you're going to put him out, just say, let's go outside. Stop asking your dog 40 times, do you want to go outside? Because here's the problem. If you're asking your dog, do you want to go outside 40 times until the dog stands up and stretches and heads for the door, it's no longer a question. It's now a command. Now you're commanding your dog. You're going to say it until you get the behavior you're looking for. Now it's a command. It's not a question. And your dog's like, stop. (laughs) Please. Ask me once, maybe twice, because let's be frank, I may not have been listening the first time. Ask me twice, but can you please stop asking me 40 times? I mean, like, go potty. Go potty. How would you like if somebody followed you to the bathroom and stood there and told you to go potty every four seconds?
1: I can't even have somebody, like, in the same room with me. All right?
0: Go potty. I'm going to do that. I'm going to follow somebody to a public restroom, and I'm going to be like, go potty.
1: Do you want to get arrested? Go potty.
0: You, you better hurry. Go potty. You better go potty. You better go potty. I would probably get arrested.
1: Yeah, I don't recommend doing that.
0: Yeah. So, guys, stop doing that. It irritates your dog. It irritates me. It irritates me because I speak for your dog. Anyway, that's all I got. Um, as a reminder, our Retrieving Independence Big Payback is this Wednesday and Thursday from 6 p.m. on Wednesday to 6 p.m. on Thursday. We have so many exciting things that are happening. I'm so excited. Y'all, yours truly here. I got to go and learn how to make real margaritas with Rob Floyd from the TV show The Best, The Bar Rescue. Not The Bar Rescue, but Bar <laughs> Rescue. He is the only international or global liquid chef. Let me tell you something. His energy is so high, but his knowledge, it's amazing. And he has Sip Boldly as his company. He has his own barware that is gorgeous. He's making his own syrups now. He gave Sy- me a syru- syrup. See, you mm-hmm. want me to do an accent? I'm doing my syrup. Okay. My syrup. He's got some good syrups. <laughs> he's got a he's got a cucumber jalapeno syrup. It's delicious. Y'all, we had so much fun. Recording this together. I I want people to to watch it on Thursday. And how can they watch it? Do we know yet? What yeah, it's on?
1: absolutely. Go to um, the best way to do it is to go to our Instagram to RI Service Dogs on Instagram. Um, we have the link in the bio for how you can sign up to join our virtual virtual. See what they did there. Uh, happy hour. And uh, we're going to have some other guests on there, too. Some R.I. Puppies.
0: I think Gray is actually going to be. Uh, we're doing puppies. Puppy. He's doing videos of the puppies tomorrow Yeah. with pr- the GoPro. We're doing,
1: we're doing a puppy cam. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, past recipients who will be speaking. We've got the band Runaway June. They're going to be on there with some puppies. Did I mention puppies? I think
0: there are going to be puppies on there.
1: They're really freaking cute. And margaritas. And margaritas, and a lot of other things that we're gonna, uh, some more surprises we're gonna add in there. So yeah, go to um, whatever I just said. All right, service dogs.
0: I trained you. I'm over here <laughs> thinking about puppies. I know. They're and it cutest. is ten o'clock on a Monday night as we're recording yeah, this again. Yeah. But um,
1: yeah, go to uh, Instagram. Our service dogs. Just yeah. the easiest way to
0: get to that RSVP is the link in the bio. Excellent. And it's our big payback, which is one of our big fundraisers. It's, it's all through Middle Tennessee. And there are a bunch of prizes that, that they give out yes. for like how much money's raised at certain times and things of that. So yes. really check it out. We would love for you guys to support uh, Retrieving Independence, which is the service dog organization we both work with. Uh, we get to go back into the, uh, tonight's Monday night, tomorrow's Tuesday. I get to finally, after 13 months, heading back into the men's prison mm. Yay. in the morning. so I know they're excited to see you. I'm going to be so excited to see them. Uh, we've done some Zoom uh, meetings, but not nearly enough. I'm ready to get back into the uh, seeing these guys. We've, we've lost a few of them. Some we lost to COVID. Some we've lost to um, being released or paroled. But uh, we have a bunch of new guys in there, and we're really excited to get back in there and get them all trained up. So our service dogs continue to be trained. Mm-hmm. And so this is a huge fundraiser for us, and we really appreciate any of your support, even if it's just passing along the information to your family and your friends. Uh, we would absolutely love it. We do have recipients from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just we don't just match with Tennessee folks, folks, Tennessee folks, folks. Mm-hmm. See, I can give you accents all day. Yep. <laughs> She's looking at me like it is over. So yeah. So R.I. Service Dogs via Instagram. And that's Wednesday, starting Wednesday. Yeah. We're gonna be showing the it's twenty-four
1: hours of giving yes. through the community foundation of Middle Tennessee. Um, the big payback. Awesome. And and you can also go to the bigpayback.org slash retrieving independence to get directly to our page. Um
0: forgiving yeah we would love we would love any support you guys can offer Uh, if you are local and you would like to be a part of the program we're always looking for volunteers you get free training by me and gray and leslie and we'll train you up and you can take that stuff home with your own dogs as well but you also can help with puppies or dogs of all ages that when they come out for furlough on weekends so we can use any any type of support is really uh Is really great, honestly. So if if you want to watch me wag a tail, that is my signature shake when I'm shaking my cocktail. Then uh, definitely check that out. That'll be the five to six o'clock time frame on Thursday. Yep, on the 6th. On the 6th. So that's the last hour. That's the fur tail happy hour, right? Virtual. Virtual. Excuse me, the virtual happy hour. This is why I have Brittany, y'all. She keeps me... She keeps me in line. Y'all, I, I appreciate each and every one of you. We are so grateful to have you as our listeners. If you're not a Patreon member yet, please check it out. Um, we've got some new content on there. We're going to be doing uh, another communication seminar coming up. And if you are a Patreon member of any amount, you will have free access to that. So be sure and check that out at patreon.com slash dogspeak. Check us out, info at dogspeak101.com. Um or dogspeak101.com and you can send us an email at info at dogspeak101.com. I appreciate you guys. I love you. And I really do want you to have this relationship with your dog. Uh, if you've never had that type of relationship or, or, you know, you're wondering what that looks like. It's such a beautiful thing and and it's different for everybody, but to know that you can take your dog places and not have to worry about them acting like a fool (laughs) takes all the stress off of you. And, uh, It's really enjoyable and the more you can take them and do things, the better they will be. So get out there and work those dogs. If you need help, reach out to us. We'd love to help you out and I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful and beautiful week.